0: guys what is good welcome back to the uncle Sharma channel how are you guys doing we're here for a special special episode it's an episode that we haven't really done ever before on my channel you know i like to talk about tactics here and there but you know i had i had to bring on someone that knows tactics inside out you know he, this guy lives and breathes tactics he knows about more tactics than a lot of uh, uh professional coaches i would say my guy mo what's up thank you for joining me man
1: uh, thanks for inviting how are you everybody i'm very happy to be here with my good friend Sharma.
0: yes yes we've got the first obviously the the, the regulars in the house we've got tommy jesus christ as well blessing us with the with his uh, with his presence as well thank you everyone that's joining in uh, right now straight away but we're not going to waste any time today we're going to get straight into it mo um if you can pull up the presentation that uh, we've prepared mostly has been mo honestly speaking mo has done than most of it i've just had a little bit of input into it. But today we're going to look at the tactical differences between Simone Inzaghi's Inter and Antonio Conte's Inter. And of course, disclaimer you know, with Inzaghi, we've only had what, well, this 12 Serie A games, a few Champions League games. With Conte, of course, we had two full seasons. So the comparison, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. It doesn't, you know, we're not saying that this is definitely how Simone Inzaghi wants to play and will play. This is just how Inter have played until now compared to Antonio Conte's uh, Inter, right Mo?
1: Absolutely, it's it's all about like, we're past third of the season now in Serie A, mm-hmm. 12 games out of 38, probably about 30%. And uh, to be honest with Conte, at, at that point, I recall a lot of people saying that we're not even, even though we were second, we were playing bad, we were conceding a lot of goals, but Conte tightened up the defense at the end of the season. So it's not a very fair comparison. We're going to do one at the end of the season, of course, Yeah. Uh, together but as of now we wanted to look at the differences and also the similarities between the two systems since both of them play the same uh, system so right ahead i'm gonna let you lead i'm gonna share the the powerpoint right here yeah we're gonna start off
0: uh, with the with the comparison this is this is very basic comparison as we know we've been talking about it all season i bring it up pretty much in every one of my match previews is comparing where our inter compared to last season and uh, this table are actually showing the last two seasons. So, at the moment, Inter, from compared to last season, they're minus two points. So we're two points behind. However, uh, we've conceded two less goals, um, but we've scored one less goal. But overall, you could say that you know it's it's not great, but it's not you know too bad as well. But if you compare it to Conte's first season, um, in 2019-20, nineteen twenty, we're actually six points behind. So two whole two whole wins behind. Uh, Conte's uh, first ever season and that we, we conceded one more goal than that one and but they that team also scored a few less goals three less goals uh, but that's probably not the best way to compare it so I've taken uh, my friend Nima actually compared it properly by game to game if you compare it the you know the games that we've actually played compared to the teams that we played and com- in, in that comparison we're actually three points behind you know Hellas away Genoa at home Bologna at home all the, like straight match per match comparison we're still three points behind so it's not going you know this is probably expected in my in my opinion anyway coming in zagi coming in this the weaker squad that he inherited uh what about you mo Did, is this expected this uh kind of worst performance compared to the last few seasons
1: so to be honest with you, I feel like this is exceeding expectations. The reason why this looks bad on paper is that because Milan and Napoli are doing better than what they were doing last season. So at this stage of the season last year, we were one point behind Milan, if you remember, yeah. and everybody, everybody was still panicking because we we kind of had like a, a crazy game, and and Conti said, "I don't want the Pazza Inter," but we're still having that. All, we were all over the place, um, and, and that shows that the goal's against us last year. But in Zagi, first year, compare him to Allegri, who inherited a squad from Pirlo, and it, he, they sold Cristiano Ronaldo, but we sold two of the best players in the league, and we are still two points behind last year. I think this is an overachievement for a coach that did not win a lot, and he's not considered one of the biggest coaches in the world like Allegri or Conte. So, it's a positive. I don't think it's a negative thing.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, when you compare the salary that Inzaghi is receiving compared to Conte and Allegri, Allegri now, you know, is I think he's on around 8 or 9 million net. Inzaghi's on, you know, what, 3.5 4 million, you know, that's just, you know, half of what Allegri's earning and he's showing that you know he's uh, he's very good bank for for good value for money at the moment. Um However, though, we have to say uh, the performances have been have been good. It's just we haven't been able to get some of the results over the line. And been, we keep talking after every single big match. You know, I know you go on live stream on Inter Worldwide. I go on my live stream in every big match. Uh, and then the Milan derby was a perfect example. Once again, chance after chance after chance. And uh, the ball's just not going in. And Inzagi can't do anything about that. And he? he can't physically go on the pitch and... You know, score the goals for the players. They have to
1: start putting the ball in. Yeah, we're going to show the differences, but there is something very similar, and people just forget. And we're going to talk about it later about the the rule of us, the strikers, both of them, Lautaro and Zeko being the the, the two main ones. But let's start with uh, actually the positioning of the Inter. This is our two games against Fiorentina last year and against Udinese this year. Both games are very similar in terms of stats. If you look at the stats, the number of goals, the position and everything. But all I wanted to show here, can you see my pointer?
0: Yes, I can see.
1: So you can tell that Hakan is very close to the two forwards. It was Korea and Zeko right here. And Brozovic is very close to the central defenders, right? Like it was Ranokia. People that Inter fans are always fearing this year the counter-attacking on us. Every game we're talking, oh, we, we lose the ball and then our midfielders are not recovering. It is something that Inzaghi does. He relies on his midfield to be very close to his forwards, and I said that before. You remember milenkovic Savage, and Luis Alberto, how effective they were in the Lazio team. Well, if you look at last year... The game against Fiorentina last year away, you tell that Brozovic, Vidal, and Barella—they're very close to each other. With nobody is higher than than like the the, the strikers and 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 uh, the full uh, the wingbacks. You can tell that the wingbacks are very high. it with Perisic and Hakimi. Of mm-hmm. course, when you have the Ferrari of Hakimi, you're gonna rely on him. And this year, on the right side of the screen, you can tell that we're relying a lot on Perisic. He I think he's performing better than last year. But what we take from this picture is that Brozovic is very close to to, to the midfield, yeah, and Vidal as well. While here, there is a big, big gap between the second midfielder, which is Hakan, who is by na- nature he is an off- we know that we bought a, we yeah. got an offensive midfielder. We did not get a central midfielder like like what Conti used to, to like. He likes a central midfielder. If it was Sensi, Gallardini, anybody, Vidal. Mm-hmm. But this is an offensive midfield. This is why he's very, very high. And that what creates that fear. Every time we watch Inter, we fear, oh, we lose the ball. The transition to defense is not great. And this is why. Because ha- Hakan is, defen- is not a central midfielder. He's a very offensive player. And the lines on the left side are very, very close to each other. Yeah, it- yeah. If 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 you want to add something about this, because you talked about something like this and on your streams that Hakan gets tired and his average position gets higher on the field and he needs subs and stuff like this.
0: Yeah, no, no. I think yeah, you can see it's, it almost looks like um, you know, I think inter-worldwide when you guys make the graphics as all well, you guys usually post it at, when you post the graphics of the formation, you post it as a three, four, one, two. Like you usually put Hakan in the in the CAM position and it looks like is it, we are basically playing a 3-4-1-2 when uh, when, uh, when, uh, when Hakan plays. Um, but do you, do you feel that
1: is the reason that we're a little bit more open then? We are more open, but also I think that Inzaghi way of leaving the midfielder is free. Okay, Conte needs soldiers, right? Like, we know that he coaches mm-hmm. from the sideline as much as he coaches on the training ground in, in games. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he points to every player where they want him to be. While I feel Inzaghi is he likes his two midfielders because he had Lucas Leva last year, who is a clearly a flat defensive midfielder, a Fernandinho. You, you know how it is, like, a, someone who really defends most of the game so he likes his other two midfielders to be free go inside the 18 which is we can see from Barella and we can see Brozovic is, is, a, is a little bit deeper this yeah. year and that puts a lot of pressure on the defenders and mostly on De Vry on, on this but again the defenders are performing very well we can tell that this year our screen is actually stepping up a notch Bastoni last game stepped up the notch and we we will see later that Devray is tackling more, is doing it's do, doing more work. But last year, you feel Conti defensively is a collective, but you feel like this year the defense is an individual tackling and an individual brilliance on defense. And this is why you fear the one-on-one instead of the coverage, right? Yeah. And and so moving to this guy, this is the star of our team, of course. And 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 I wanted to highlight Couple of things here. It's it's um, that that Barella this year is more offensive, and we can tell right from the assists, right? You yeah. can tell Frank like, from the the, the the creation. He's <laughs> he's doing four point five a game in comparison with two point nine last year, and it's 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 very very obvious, right? Like the dribbling here is he's trying to dribble more, and he's creating more this year. And that takes away from the defensive side of a player, right? When you are creating more up top, the goal creation opportunity in uh, uh, 90 minutes, is, it's 0.8 versus about 0.4 last year. It's all connected, right? Like Sharma, yeah. it's it's just this is the tactical thing about Barella being he's assisting a lot this year. He was not last year. Even though we added an offensive midfielder to our lineup, which is mm-hmm. Hakan, Barella is still creating, which is, if you think about it logically, before the season, you would think that Barella would actually defend more since we added an attacking midfielder, as you said. But no, both of them are moving higher and higher on the field. You can tell here the defensive action. Last year, it was 0.8 tackles in the defensive third versus 0.6 this year. Mid-third is, and now we're talking about the attacking. This is what I want. To show, he is trying to tackle more in the final third versus last year. It was just 0.25, and mm-hmm. that shows you that he's tackling higher, so his recovery is a little bit slower, right? Yeah. The pressure is kind of the same, but but the pressure the pressure is not effective if you don't tackle to try to get the ball. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. And that's what happens. So the press kind of similar in the mid third this year is less and last year it's the pressure is that, the number of pressure and that shows you that by the way last year we were pressuring higher on the field mm-hmm. like him this year he's tackling higher so as the pressure is a collective thing we do as a team we all move forward but that doesn't happen this year because of the recovery and all that stuff because when you put 60 70% of your effort during the game forward it's going to take a lot from your defensive action, and 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 we can tell. All I wa- one of the things I wanted to show you, and and, and uh, we talked about it before the game. Check this: the number of touches Barella has inside the 18 this year is about 2.9 versus. So it's probably about 40% more than last year, right? That it's it shows you that Barella is stepping up offensively, and we can tell from the amount of shots. He's trying to to do, it's not showing here, but he is trying to do a lot offensively and it takes a lot from his defensive side. I'm going to move to his heat map. Yeah, Check this heat map out. On the left is the new one. You can tell that he is absolutely going forward way more than going in the defense Yeah, because we're attacking from the left to the right. Versus last year, he was still moving forward, but also you have to notice that Last year, Conte demanded his players to get the ball higher on the field. You remember Lautaro, especially in the beginning of the season, he was demanding that to get the ball higher on the field. So Barella was pressing high, but also he contributed more defensively. Yeah. And that shows you that, okay, Brozovic. Now we're moving to Brozovic. And I, I'm going to leave you now to, to, to talk about Barella a little bit if you, if you wanted to add something to, to Barella. Uh, for this year versus last year yeah no like i think
0: uh, your stats that you pulled up were perfect because they show everything that we've been talking about on the on the channel you know we we always said you know barella he's got the potential to improve his output we always said like you know barella great you know world-class serial midfielder of the season but he can still improve and this season he's already you know doubling the goal creating action he's already got you know what five assists already i think he's already the leader in this area for assists and you can see in the heat map there um, he's even the the freedom that you were talking about. Inzaghi gives them like we see them swapping position a lot. You can see them. He's not just on the right hand side. He goes on the left hand side quite a lot as well. Like we saw, you know, against Atalanta, I remember him creating few chances, cu- cutting in from the left hand side. Um, so I always thought that his best position is right center mid for sure. But that a few matches this season that maybe uh, they make me think that maybe there's potential for him to be. Even a, a really good left centre mid in, in this team as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's it's as you said, he's doing more attacking wise, attacking output is improved, but of course for the same reason his defensive output of course is gonna is gonna decrease
1: as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um uh, so uh we wanna move to the uh the next thing, which is my one of my favorite players. Uh, this year is, is, is Brozovic, so 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 we want to talk about Brozovic a little bit. Well, so, one
0: second, Mo. do you I uh, feel I feel with Brozovic, th- do you feel like he's had his best start to a season at Inter? I feel like this is his best start to a season since because he
1: he contributes to, to the game more, I think, because we're putting a lot of pressure on, on him, and and it is something that he is actually improved a lot defensively, I think. The, the, this year than last year i wanted to to highlight here a couple couple of things it's kind of similar to last year his 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 creation last year was more you can tell like from 2021 is three versus 2.4 it's kind of similar it's not very far right uh it's still the same but defensive action you can tell that this year if you took at the clearances here he clears the ball more. He blocks the ball more, if, if you can tell that, uh, yeah. like uh like lo- uh last year he he was doing like all of this, but to be honest, one of the things that he's tackling here it's point eight tackles a game this mm-hmm. year. This makes a lot of Double difference. Yeah. Yes. In the mid third here he tackles more. In the attacking third he tackles less because he feels that his responsibility. Is more defensively this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can tell that this year he touches the ball less because of the ball is away from him more. So his average was about uh, 80 87 last year versus 77. We're still in the beginning of the season, but we are seeing that Brozovic can do defensive work as well. Like you can tell that. His touches in the offensive third was more last year than this year. It's very similar here, but he touches. He does not contribute in terms of touching. I know that he tries to assist. He crosses the ball a lot this year, but he is not because the ball goes forward. He's not contributing a lot to the small touches. We used to see him. You remember him, Vidal and Barella used to play the ball between them and Ericsson when he started playing in the second Mm. half of the season. It was just a phenomenal passage between the three in that final third. But this doesn't happen because we have, again, we have an offensive midfielder that likes to go direct to the goal, which is Hakan this year. And Inzaghi wants this. He wants his players to be direct, like Barella, Hakan. He wants them to go straight to the goal instead of that position game that Conte likes to play. So it is something that we have seen this year that Brozovic has improved defensively and it shows in his touches and it shows in his tackling and he contributes less offensively. But I like this Brozovic. You know, if if yeah. Varela is going to move forward, Sharma, I and Hakan is going to move forward, I want Brozovic to be a little yeah. bit defensively because it's, it's not going to work. Yes, exactly. Someone has to step up, right? Someone has yeah. to step up defensively. So... He is actually playing very well this year, and I think he's irreplaceable. I know that Inzaghi subbed him out a couple of times, but this is what you're going to see in Inzaghi. He's not shy of subbing, subbing a defensive midfielder and putting an, putting Barella as the defensive midfielder and telling them, hey, let's go forward try to get this win. Mm-hmm. This is something that makes a lot of sense to someone like Inzaghi, while Conte is kind of coach that has his own perspective about the games that he doesn't want to lose games instead of just pushing forward and trying to throw the sink at the opponent
0: yeah no i agree and uh i what do you what do you make about the re- the renewal do you think brozovic is, is a must renew at all costs or do you feel like you know what, what do you feel about the situation so which
1: is born in 92 right so brozovic is going to a 30 years old so this is his next this is his last big contract in yeah, his yeah. career If we can't offer this guy what he wants, but the latest reports, and we're not here to talk about contract, we're here to do tactical, but he wants four years worth of about eight million a year. And I think this is gonna be close to what Lukaku used to make, right? You Lukaku Mm -hmm. used to make nine million net, and he wants to make eight. But Mm -hmm. is to be to ask you frankly, is Brozovic better than Barella? Is Brozovic more important than Screener? He is not. And is he worth that much? In Syria, ah, no. The problem is in Premier League, yes, he yeah, will yeah. find a lot of teams to pay him that much. And I don't think I don't think Inter is gonna agree to pay eight because the, the Chinese owners are not, they learned from what Moratti did in 2009 and 2010 when he gave Julius Caesar 12 million and he gave Melito nine million. You remember these salaries. And that's what put us in all this debt at this in the last that 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 the, the era of the, two thousand and ten and 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 moving forward. And I I'm not sure if the Chinese owners are gonna do this. And but, Marotta can pull up his magic, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm definitely in the in the in the in the crew that feels like he deserves a renewal up until yeah the seven seven million mark. I think he deserves he deserves that kind of money, but again. Can they afford that? We we don't know. Sorry, I sit down in the house as well. Thank you very much for for joining in. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm I'm happy with that Brozovic uh, um, section there. Mo is definitely more of a defensive mid. Um, and if, he, if people forget that Brozovic was actually even in the first season under Conte, um, up until like the Europa League, you know, the last month we had, he was the highest contributing midfielder until Barella overtook him after that uh, that Europa League mini tournament that we had um and even like you know last season this guy is averaging you know 5 6 goals 5 6 assists every season as a defensive mid so um i, I think it, it, those numbers are going to go down this season
1: as for as you know for how you've explained yeah so going to the Brozovic heat map you can tell here okay so you can t- on the left is the new heat map Versus what happened. So you see the difference between Barella of last year. It's a 50-50 between offense and defense. But here you mm. he can tell that he's absolutely focused on this area, on the defense, instead of going forward. So he goes to the sides, but it's mostly in front of De Vrij right here in this area, while here he was contributing. If you show me this heat map, I'll say that this guy is a central midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder, right? Yeah. It's it's a 50-50 between the offense and the defense, but this year is a more of a central defensive midfielder area. Mm-hmm. Putting in mind that it's Inter Milan, right? This is Inter. This is a team that is the champions. So mm-hmm. you would think that your midfielder will be actually higher on the field because everybody fears you, but this is not what is happening this year. We got teams like Cesolo Fiorentina, they come – they play Inter and they still try to control the ball and dictate the game, which is not a lot of teams would do that. Again, it's the crown champions, right? This is something we're seeing this year and it shows on the heat maps.
0: <laughs> you can see on the little heat maps, you look at the little corner flags because <laughs> he used to take the set pieces last year. And now, because ah, yes. DiMarco and Haka, now he's not taking those anymore.
1: That's funny, actually. I didn't notice that until you <laughs> just said that. It's right here. Okay, we'll move to the... The defenders which is so between screenyard and bastoni so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip bit. I'm gonna talk about uh, uh, Alessandro bastoni first so bastoni actually you can tell that his numbers are similar to last year yeah. they're very similar in terms of the tackle the tackling one winning this year is higher but the the number of tackles is a uh, similar for of what we see, mm-hmm. he tackles more in the def- in, uh, uh, in the defensive third this year, and this is something that shows you that the defenders this year they do more on the defensives in the in the in our half instead of the the, the opponents half. and it shows here, and actually the Devry actually as well is Devry is tackling. 0.7 more than last year a game. And oh, yeah. it shows you that this is this is what we're talking about. The pressure is on the defenders this year to get the ball. It's not the midfielders and it's not the forwards. And it, it shows that DeVry right here, he tackles in the defensive third more than last year. He tackles in the mid third more. And it shows that it's something that, the midfielders probably need to contribute more to the defend to the defense, mm-hmm. but actually, Inzaghi doesn't care about it. Sharma, he doesn't. He wants everybody to do their job. He wants the midfielders to go forward, and he wants the defenders to defend. Mm-hmm. It's not like Conti, where he wanted that that the carrying like the, the 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 carrying ball defenders to go forward. He want he wants them only to do the defensive job. Maybe they can contribute more. And this is what happens when he put DeMarco in for Bastoni. Mm-hmm. He wants DeMarco to go forward, but he wants—he is treating Bastoni as a center back. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 When he wants a center back to go forward, he would put somebody else. He's not going to tell Bastoni to go forward. He did it last game. It was fine, but he would tell Bastoni, you sit on the bench, we'll put DeMarco in to put crosses instead of you. And I know that I'm a Bastoni lover. And I want Bastoni to go forward because I think he's a great ball-carrying defen- uh, defender. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this is how Inzaghi see it. Maybe until now. We- we'll see how it is later. But but this is where we are now. If we want to attack, we'll put DeMarco. So DeVry, we, we want to move to DeVry. Here is what I wanted to show. So last year, you can tell that DeVry used to carry the ball to the midfield, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: On the left side, he rarely carries the ball to the midfield he prefers to pass it to brozovic brozovic to hakan or barella or pass it to the sides you remember devre used to do the, his 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 middle uh, yeah. uh, uh, invasion from the middle yeah, like the he does yeah he doesn't do that anymore and it's by the way it's part of his game he used to be good at it but again having brozovic deeper and having Barella forward, I think Inzaghi's given instructions for De Vrij to stay a little bit deeper and be more a defender than ball carrier. And this is something that is we wanted to we wanted to see. We wanted to see more of the defenders going up, but I don't think it's happening. Would you love I, I wanted to ask you, would you like to see Devry going back to carrying the ball forward, or you're happy with him tackling double the tackles of every game? and being more of a defender of, instead of being that deep, like a, a Bonucci, a Bonucci uh, uh, kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I think the, the fact that he's so involved now, it probably is because we've seen the rise probably had a bit of a up and down beginning of the season, hasn't he? And that, that is probably due to the fact how he's much more involved defensively. But I think, as you've mentioned, he doesn't have to do the carrying now. i rather, you know, he can do that ball. He can take the ball into the middle and get those passes. But I'd rather one of the midfielders do it in my in my opinion. I, I like is thinking of, you know, the midfielders do the midfield job and the defenders do the do the defenders job. Um and you know Conte's tactics, you remember, he used to empty the midfield a lot. So there was always that space. He used to do that on purpose. You know, Barella and uh, Ericsson, whoever, they would just empty the midfield. There would like be a massive hole, and they would go into the sides on purpose. So uh, uh, Inzaghi likes to keep his midfielders in the midfield. So I, I like it. I like the concept of like having the variety of you know, defenders being the defenders first and letting the midfielders do the passing.
1: Yeah, yeah, we noticed that on the heat map of Brozovic. Brozovic now is very central. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you uh, if you allow me to go back, you, you can tell that Brozovic. Last year, it's more on the right because he wants to empty the midfield. But on the the new heat map of Rosevich, where is Devray going to go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where is this There is no space because Rosevich occupies that space a lot more. And again, we're we're trying to collect data, right? But mm-hmm. on the field, maybe it's something else. But this is what we see from the data collected, and and it is both of them play three five two but each and every coach has his own thing of way of doing it right way of yeah. doing it i'm going to i'm going to move to the next slide this is Ooh. the similarity between last year and this year mm-hmm. so this guy, you remember last year and, and i think i was one of these is, these guys who said that lautaro misses a lot more than what he should put away and it shows that by the way until this moment His goals per game is very similar to last year. His shots are very similar. Shots on target are very similar. The percentage is very similar. It is very strange that this guy has not dipped, has not improved, has not changed his style of play, has not changed anything this year. But people are saying that, oh, my God, this guy has dipped. He hasn't dipped. He has been the same. The difference is we're comparing a whole season of last year with this guy scored 15 goals and we won Scudetto versus us being seven points behind the first and the second now and we are third on the table. It's a psychological thing, right? Mm-hmm. But look at his numbers. It's exactly the same. He's tackling the same. The only difference is that last year, again, Conti being the collective coach Sharma, mm-hmm. he likes the team to press collectively, tackle collectively. I'm gonna show you here the pressure. He used to pressure more in the attacking third, right here. If you can see my pointer, he likes yeah. to pressure more. He tackles more in the final third, and instead of Inzaghi having the forward doing the forward thing and the defenders doing the defenders thing. You remember us? Conti used to pressure what like five, six players on one side. Forte, forte, dai, dai. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think I don't I don't think Inzagi does the same and it shows that it's more it's more of like the forward do you think the, the defender do you think I, I wanted to talk about position as well. Do you see the touches Lautaro has it's very similar to last year. Very very similar. Yeah. The only difference is Lautaro touched the ball more last year inside the 18. The reason why is because Lukaku was the guy who was getting the ball outside the 18 and driving. And we're going to see that looking at Lukaku versus Mm Zeko, which is the last thing we're going to talk about, individual players, and I'm going to let you talk about the collective later. But guys... I want to tell every Inter fan: Lautaro is exactly the same player. He used to miss a lot of chances last year, and we all used to complain about it all the time. And I remember our friend Jerry Mancini used to tell us, "How are you guys complaining about this guy when he scored 15 goals as a second main striker?" Yeah. This is something that I think we are blessed with with Lautaro. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that I wanted Lautaro to be sold because I think this is. This is how Lautaro is going to be for the rest of his career. But this is my opinion, but who knows? Mm-hmm. People change, right? Lewandowski did not shine until he was 27, right? It was not that greatest forward ever until he was 27. There's a lot of. Play. Lukaku did not shine until he came to Inter Milan. People used to say Lukaku is a flop, right? In Manchester United. So who knows? But based on what I'm seeing every year, Lautaro, the style of play is very. S- similar every year uh, uh, from the year before, and, and it shows in numbers, right? It's numbers don't lie. We'll see how it is at the end of the season, but based on what I'm seeing now, he plays exactly the same.
0: Do you think you feel like he could potentially play like a more uh, like the immobile, kind of making runs more in behind the defense?
1: Lautaro, he doesn't have the speed of immobile. Immobile no. at 32 was one of the fastest forwards in the league, right? Yeah, Lautaro, yeah. as of now he's not blessed with a lot of pace. Very like, strong guy, like the stocky forward that makes that he's, he has the power, but I was hoping that Inzaghi would actually play the same mm-hmm. uh, as Immobile play Lautaro the same, Yeah, but I don't see that on the field at all because there's Zeko who scores more and Zeko is kind of a po- poacher in the 18 mm-hmm. and, and it's, I don't know what Indagi is going to do with Lautaro, but to be honest, if Korea's is fit, I think Korea will start over Lautaro. Well,
0: yeah, I think um, I think at the moment he needs to be dropped. Yeah, I think uh, the last few performances now he's been what six, seven matches now without scoring. I think it's not about long, just you know dropping him permanently, but I think he he needs to be you know shown that there's other. I think and as someone said, you know Sanchez as well. He's been playing really well when he's come in recently. Korea... He's played you know against Udinese well. So they deserve their chances all well at the moment.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I agree, but his expected goals are the same as last year. There is nothing this guy is is, is gonna he's gonna get us 10 to 15 goals a season. But if we can get 60-70 million, there is a lot of other forwards that you can buy with 60-70 million, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's the that's the one thing we always said with Lautaro. If someone does come with the offer, I mean it made sense this season not to sell him as well. Because if you sell Lukaku and you sell Lautaro at the same time, then you just you know, you're getting rid of the whole the whole squad. So it made sense for them to keep him for this season. But if they come back again next season, you know, with that similar offer of 70, 80 million, then you know, I think it's gonna be hard not to sell Lautaro.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So moving to the other, okay. This is a comparison between Lukaku last year versus Zeko last year. Of course, Ooh. put in mind as you said, as you said, that Zeko, this is only 12 games versus yeah. Lukaku, who played about 32 games, 90 minutes. So he didn't play 32 games, he played most of the games, but divide by 90 minutes, he actually played a full 90 minutes, 32 games, while Zeko played nine games. So actually, based on the numbers goals same shots same shots mm-hmm. on target a little bit lokaku's more but the the percentage is kind of similar so this is what i wanted to 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 show you the expected goals are more for Lukaku, but put in mind that this expected goals was after he scored all these goals like all and, the season. and
0: he used to take the penalties and Jekyll doesn't
1: absolutely one of the things that i wanted to 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 show you here is the carries is the position so the dribbles. So Romelo Lukaku used to dribble more.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Of course. Having the physicality, the age difference, and all this stuff. But the, tu- the touches in the penalty area for Lukaku is more. So that tells you something that like Lukaku scores with less touches than Zeku. But again, this is 32 games versus this year, right? Yeah. Lukaku used to be an assist because if you see here, the, the chances Lukaku creates for his... This is the chances over 90 minutes. The scoring chances, of, uh, it's 3.5 for Lukaku. And we know that Lukaku got a double-digit assist last year. As well, he got like 10 assists. yeah Well, Zeko is not assisting a lot this year. It is because we know that Zeko is not that kind of forward. He's going to score more but he's not going to assist more. So that's the difference. Probably Lukaku is a more complete striker, but also you have to know that Lukaku was playing under Antonio Conte, who used to put <laughs> Lukaku as the main man, right?
0: Yeah. If yeah. it's
1: not Lukaku, it's nobody else. So you can tell that Lukaku and Zeko, they, they might score more, but you can tell that Lukaku will create more opportunities for you, especially in the 3-5-2 system that Antonio Conte used to play. So Sharma, based on scoring the number of goals, I feel that Zeko will get us a double digits this year as well, if not 20 plus. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Zeko will get as involved as Lukaku in the play and in the goal creation. And that's something we hope that Hakan will do. Barella is doing it already. He's stepping it up. But... We lost the other guy that used to create a lot, which is Hakimi. So Cannavaro replaced Hakimi in terms of the number of assists. Zeko replaced Lukaku in terms of scoring, but nobody replaced Lukaku in terms of creation. And we hope that Hakimi would have would do this, but he hasn't showed us this yet.
0: Yeah, and obviously Lautaro is always mentioned that he he could also. That's another aspect that Lautaro could improve. We saw against um. Was it Empoli? He got that. It was a nice assist. Where um, you know, was it to uh, who was it to the, the the goal against Empoli? But it was a nice it was a nice assist to whoever it was. Um, that's that's more what we need uh, from Lautaro as well. Not just okay, we know the goal scoring and the chances he misses, but also stepping up when he doesn't score. Like you know, against uh, Milan, he you know can he try to be a bit more of a a threat, a bit more of a creator um, elsewhere outside of the box if he's not getting as many touches in the box. So that's probably something that, you know, is a potential of improvement uh, in this team.
1: Yeah, yeah. We also wanted to show the uh, the heat map of both. And, and you can tell that. <laughs> Look, okay, this is over 30, 30, 30, 32 games, uh, 38 games for Lukaku. But also what I wanted to show is that how involved Lukaku outside of the 18. Yeah. This is how involved he is outside of the penalty area. And also... The difference between Lukaku and Zeko is Zeko is not a one-footed forward like Lukaku. So Lukaku liked to go from the right side to go inside with his left foot. But you yeah. can tell from the heat map of Zeko that he has all the freedom to go anywhere on the field. And this is why it's all over the, 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 the field. Lukaku is more of a right side forward. And, and that tells you how strict Antonio Conti is versus mm-hmm. how free in Zagis system is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You I mean he's such a big with the Lukaku. We knew he was basically playing like a right winger at some times. He just wants to be cutting in on his left foot, we know. But um with with Jekyll, you see, like sometimes he comes so deep um, to pick up or he just to like lay off the ball, but then he's not involved for the rest. He has to like he, he chests like you'll he, chest it down to someone or you'll pass it down, but then he's like you will go into the box and he probably doesn't even receive the ball like it's um yeah it's, it's it... do you think that's a that's a weakness that we have to rely so much on Dzeko for the build-up play
1: but we used to rely on on Lukaku but who's better is it Lukaku or the difference between Zeko is that Zeko cannot carry the ball in the yeah, build-up
0: he he's not going to turn on with the ball he's he's just going to lay it off
1: if you are under pressure and you play two long balls, one to Lukaku and one to Zeku, Zeku can lay off the ball to somebody, can pass mm-hmm. the ball, but Lukaku can turn and create a chance himself.
0: Yeah. Well, I slightly disagree with Tommy here. I think like Edin, I think Edin's passing and link-up is, is better than than Lukaku's. I think yes. in the end, it, technically, he's, he's much better than Lukaku. I think Lukaku, in the end, that... Understanding he found with Lautaro and Hakimi in the end was like you know the thing that uh, really got him over the edge with the assist and the uh, the, so, the contribution.
1: So Lukaku is not a passer like Zeko. Zeko can build up play, can do that because of the experience, but Lukaku yeah. can carry the ball. And he created yeah. a lot of you remember, he created a lot of assists where he carried the ball and then passed it at the end to somebody, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that is something that we we don't see we're not going to see from he's not going to run 50 yards with the ball like no. Lukaku when he did against Milan right like it's not going to happen
0: right I mean, even peak Jekyll couldn't do that <laughs> he's just he's just not that guy
1: yes absolutely so we wanted to i'm going to give you the floor to talk about something that you like to 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 talk about is the uh, pressing comparison between Conte and nzagi
0: yeah, no, I think it's um, I mean, it it kind of goes hand in hand with already what you um, what you what you mentioned in terms of what we saw. We have less pressures in the attacking third, more pressures in the defensive and the midfield third, and that shows. So this uh, table, this chart here from Opta Analyst shows that Inter are like you know what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, you know, seventh bottom of the of the of the league in terms of uh, of pressing so in terms of so the ppda means that uh, passes per defensive action so inter on average allow 12 point uh is it seven or five yeah well 12 point something passes per before they undertake a defensive pressing action so that whether that is a pressure or exactly a tackle um so you, you can see the aggressive teams in the league are you know torino Milan, Atalanta; those are the teams that go out and press as soon as the other team is building up from the back. So th- I think is uh, the reason why I picked this um this table here is because some people seem to have the uh, I don't know the the idea that we're a very high pressing team under Inzaghi, and that's why we're we're quite you know exposed at the back sometimes. But actually, is if anything, we're even less of a pressing team with Inzaghi. Uh, Conte's team last year averaged eleven point nine seven which was um a little bit you could it's sort it of slightly higher pressing than than currently and then we also have to consider that in the second half of last season we were pretty much you know
1: we were very passive in our pressing we were um, a 1-0 we were you remember we were a 1-0 team 2-1 team like yeah, yeah. like we scored a goal and then we just come exactly. come get us yeah, it's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it was
0: like the sasuolo match uh, at home that was a perfect example you know we let sasuolo have like 65% possession at home and like that's very rare of interlaying another team having sixty five percent possession, but that was Conte's team in the second half of the season last year. And actually, in the first first season, the Conte we were a pressing, we we're a very high pressing team. We would be rivaling Torino actually with those numbers, eight point seven. So, in the first season, Conte did try to implement a very attacking team. But I think in by the second by by December in the second half, he realized that. Um, yeah, this team is not made for a high line, high pressing. Uh, you know, he brought the the team a little bit back, and that's where we started to thrive. So um, that's where the similarities I think lie within Zagi's team now. Uh, and he mentioned there I think his his, his assistant coach um, mentioned the um a few weeks back. He said that after we conceded too many goals at the beginning, we we made we made a conscious effort to improve the defensive uh, side of things. So. We can see the fruits of that. We've only conceded now, um, the last few goals we conceded, they've all been from set plays against Milan. Set play, own goal. Uh, you know, Juventus, it was a penalty that we gave away. Um, Sheriff was a free kick from like 35 yards out. Those are the last few goals we've conceded. So in open play, we've we've improved a lot already in the last four or five matches. So there's definitely a lot to, uh, you know, praise Zagi for the changes that he's already made. So I'm actually quite confident going into the, into the second half of the season after having this chat with you, Mo? I
1: I, I have to, in my opinion, if we still, if we get Sensi fit, Sensi, Mm -hmm. Sensi fit, and we get Korea fit to play every game, even 30 minutes or 40 minutes, I think we still have the best squad. I'm not, the best roster to win the league. I'm not talking about first 11. Right, because maybe Koulibaly is as good as Krenier. maybe uh, Di Lorenzo, maybe Lucatelli is good. People say Lucatelli is good, but as a, a 38 game along with Europe, who Napoli play Europe, Milan play Europe, Juve play Europe, everybody plays in Europe. I think we have the best 22 to 24 players to win Scudetto, even though we're seven points behind. And you remember, came December last year, we will, we were five points behind Milan. And we caught up and we won the league by nine points without them being in Europe. So you can imagine that they might make it to Europa League. I know that they didn't want to, and it showed from the the team that they uh, uh, put against Porto. They mm-hmm. don't want to play in Europe. They, they, they want to be like Conte last year. They're like, it's either I go to the round of 16 or I get knocked out from Europe completely to focus on the league. Yeah but I think we have the better squad to win the league to be honest and two points behind Conte's Scudetto winning team last year with a new manager losing your two main assets offensively on the team
0: Yeah no exactly bro and um yeah I think I think a few I want to just bring up a few comments that I um I didn't bring up through the through the stream, because I wanted to discuss them at the end, Nicola had a few comments that um, he was putting in, in terms of Conte side was good defensively, Nzaghi's side is struggling, Uh, and then he said Conte struggled in the big matches, uh, or, you know, Nzaghi's doing better, but at the end, I think people keep, they keep thinking about the last six months of Conte, they keep forgetting that he was there, there was a one and a half year of Conte before where we were struggling in big matches, we weren't winning big matches, I mean, I can I can I can pull it, pull up you know Conte's first season the what the what the, what we looked like in big matches so I think people uh, forget exactly what we were like in you know the, the first season as well on the Conte you know you see here Roma Inter Roma 0-0 Champions League Barcelona losing Furentina, We lost Roma. against Milan
1: we lost, we lost against Milan the first yeah, part yeah. of the season
0: Inter Atalanta 1-1 uh, Lazio
1: Lazio yeah, did Laz- do we win
0: uh, the, then we obviously we lost to Sevilla the final against Sevilla. Um, and then we go into the next season, yeah. Milan we lose, um, Real Madrid we lose, uh, Atalanta we draw again, Real Madrid we lose. Um, where else, where else, Napoli? Yeah, that one's the one where we 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 sneaked it, but you know, Roma 2 2 once again. And then in the first season, we got smacked by Sarri's Juve twice, so people forget, like you know, Conte, there was a lot of growing pains with Conte's team. You know, I agree that it probably was, they looked more organized, but I think people need to give Inzagi a little bit more credit for, for what
1: he's done. I don't want to live in the past, but that, to be honest, one of the things that I think Inzaghi need to work on mm-hmm. is the winning mentality. I feel like Conte's teams always step on the field as winners. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he's coaching, my backyard team or he's coaching inner Milan or he's coaching new Venice. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. And I think in Zaghi, the player is still not feeling that this coach is a very, very a winner. You know what I mean? Like there's only yeah. five guys in the world, like Thomas Tuchel, Jurgen Klopp, Guardiola. I think Antonio Conti is one of them. These four guys are like, they step on the sideline and their team already is one nil up. Mentally, they are yeah, winning yeah. the games.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Inzaghi, has, I think, has the potential to get there. I think he's, Absolutely. he's definitely, he's not there yet. And we're not saying he's there yet, but he could be. He could be one of those guys. And we know the Italian School of Coaching is one of the best out there. But yeah, guys, uh, nice uh, 50 minutes tactical discussion with Mo. I, I really enjoyed that, man. Thank you. There was uh, so much insight you, you provided there. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed. Um, anything you want to uh, say before we leave? Anything you want to plug?
1: Uh Thank you, guys. If you are... Sp- uh, of course, follow us on Inter Worldwide on our account. You will find us. Uh, cha- we'll have our channel. we do our content. Always try to follow me on Twitter. But also, if you're a Premier League fan, I have my own show in the Premier League. Everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the Premier League. I do my own podcast and a video on the Premier League. It's on Football Worldwide, our new channel, our new uh, sister channel on YouTube. And we also do that. So, try to look out for any content that I have for the Premier League and uh, always follow Sharma here. He's one of the best YouTubers for Inter and Serie A on, on, the, uh, on the internet out there. And thank you all. And thank you, my brother, for having me here. It was so much fun to talk about Inzagi and talk about Conte. And you know how much I love tactics. And uh, we'll talk about it after maybe half the season in March or something in the international break
0: yeah yeah no we definitely need to re-update this uh this conversation and see the differences that we uh, we discussed and see where we're at but yeah guys thank you very much uh, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up before you guys leave and subscribe if you're new to the channel and make sure yeah you follow mo on twitter and check out inter worldwide and everything ciao ragazzi forza inter